Hi, Gwei, and welcome, friends, to this week's episode of Branding Brujas, a podcast for those of you looking to add some magic to your marketing. We are so blessed you chose to join us this week, and we thank you. Before we get started, let's ground ourselves in this moment so we can be here and fully present. If you're willing and able, join with me now in some cleansing breaths. All breathing is in through the nose, out through the nose, for a count of four. Ready? Inhale. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four. Inhale. we're back. This week, we're going to talk about reflections and practice, things like setting intentions, creating new things, uh, reviewing data, and how to incorporate feedback into our strategy. Um, I think this is like the perfect timing to be talking about such a thing because we are, at the time of this recording, we are approaching a new moon on August 27th. Um, Today is Tuesday, August 23rd. Um, the new moon at the end of this week is, um, I, you know, I really love Chani Nicholas, Indy. I don't know if you know who that is, but I follow this astrologer. Um, and this is what they said about the new moon. Um, your feeling of safety is now related in order and clarity, even in emotions. You may have the need to organize everything chaotic and disorganized. Try being more tolerant and accept the imperfections of life. It is better to trust life and let it run its own way. Not everything must be according to our expectations. So I thought that was a really good intro to our conversation about such a thing as intention setting. Um, new moons are really great for intention setting uh, and reflecting as well before you embark on a, we all embark on a new moon um, in a new month ahead. Also from Chani. Actually, you know what? I don't think that new moon piece is from Chani. It's from a different astrology resource that I did not write down. But this is from Chani, for sure, about how um, from August 20th to next March, um, Mars is in Gemini. Um, And Mars is the planet of decisive action. And it moves into inquisitive Gemini. When Mars is in this sign, there's a buzzing desire to share, learn, and verbally spar. It amplifies the push and pull between defending our beliefs and working toward consensus. As a result, you may notice curiosity is at an all-time high. Communication is even more rapid and divisive than usual. And misinformation unschools at a dizzying speed. So that's, that'll be fun. I'm a Gemini. So I'm like, 
all my stuff for this month is like, get ready. It's about to be crazy for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> but it's for like, it's till March. So it's going to be basically the whole holiday season until next spring. Apparently, my sign, things are getting wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good luck. Good luck to you. <laughs> my, moon, my moon is in Gemini, so I feel like I'm going to be experiencing... My moon sign is in Gemini, and I just... I'm getting ready. Getting ready for it all. Heck yeah. Um, it's a good time. It's a good time. I think we're getting back to, we're getting back to some of those, those rhythms and routines we've been talking about for such a long time, and I think being in um, Gemini is going to create that because there's sort of that adaptive quality that Gemini's mm -hmm. have. So I think that that paired with the like real aggressive, <laughs> I say aggressive, but like I get, yeah, aggressive nature <laughs> of Mars, I think is going to be really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, maybe that's going to help some of the other drama uh, going on in the world. Um, right. So Let's have a moment of chisme and let's talk about how history repeats itself. And that could be a really awesome thing to reflect on to improve just society in general. <laughs> um, for example, like all this R. Kelly bullshit coming back up about where it's like, this person's accusing me of these things just to get money and profit. And it's like, seriously, buddy, right. you learned from some things. I don't uh, think he will. I don't. I think that there's some people who just center themselves in the narrative. So how are they supposed to learn anything? You know, uh, like uh -huh. everything's happening to them, not for them, you know, like for mm -hmm. their benefit as a human character development of self. Um, so yeah, I don't think so. I just think those people are just not destined to change as sad as that sounds. They just have no desire to. You have to desire change in order for it to happen you know yeah definitely uh so what so what are some other ways that we can learn from history or other ways that we're seeing that history is repeating itself so i don't know if you heard this is all over npr lately but there's this like nuclear plant somewhere between russia and ukraine i don't actually know geography but um <laughs> basically the russians are in charge of it but, like, it's going to affect Ukrainians, so the Russians don't really care, and they're not supporting it. Um, and what I've heard, again, I'm not, like, mm -hmm. a scientist. I don't know anything like this. But they said it can be as bad as Chernobyl or Fukushima, but no one's doing anything about it because there's this war going on. So it's like, we already know how bad this could be. But there's a war, so let's focus on that instead. You know, it's just, like, kind of ridiculous. If that, I always think that war is a real petty thing. <laughs> 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 yeah. People die, but it's just, it's so petty. Like, we're fighting over land. That's petty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be great if we all just would, like, reflect on history or, like, reflect on things that have happened before that we could have learned from? Um, if we define what it means to reflect, it just means to think deeply and carefully. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what do you think of that definition, especially kind of in response to some of the things we're talking about? 
I love it because I think sometimes we do think about what we said or what we did or past events, but we don't really like reflect or have that sort of careful, constructive conversation about it. So for me, I think that's the main piece is that there's that careful piece. You're looking into this, not just on the surface, but you're going deep and you're examining it to understand why. And in terms of intention setting, then you can set better intentions <laughs> because you understand, you know, and you're reflected on the whys of the situation. Yeah. Like, what does it mean to think deeply? What does it mean to think carefully? I mean, if we, like, even reflecting on the chisme, like, what would it mean if we just thought deeply right. about what could happen with a nuclear plant? Or if we thought deeply about what could happen, and by we, I mean not us. I mean, what if, like, R. Kelly thought deeply or actually carefully about an individual's well-being or the impact on a community, things like that, like... Or anything. <laughs> or anything. Like, honestly, anything. Made decisions, better decisions. No, I think I completely agree with you. I think that reflection is the onset of intention setting. And something that I see a lot of people make a mistake with, like, new businesses or just in life. Like, a lot of people are into or recently getting into, like, different kinds of brujeria and witchcraft. And we talked about mm -hmm. shadow work recently. So I think reflection is sometimes a piece of that shadow work as well. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times what I see is people jumping into the intention setting. I want to do this. I want to have X, Y, Z happen. But not mm -hmm. taking time to reflect. I'm like, why haven't those things happened yet? Right? Like, what, mm -hmm. have, you, what have you been doing we're not doing to put you in the predicament you're in right now. So I feel like you, that can be applied to so many different things. Like that's why I love intention setting and reflection because you could do that personally. You could do that in your business. You could do that for one facet of your business. If like mm -hmm. your marketing is failing or your, your team building, your human relations is failing, like you can work on that specifically through this. So I, I think it's really, really important. Totally. And I think even now, like, as a business, and you're saying, like, human resources and things like that, I'm just thinking, like, how important it is today to really reflect on the injustices and the harms from a lot of systems and the ways that, like, businesses can shift internally now. But you have to first reflect to know, like, what what are the changes you need to do that need to be done, right? Like, Reflect at the harm that's ha happened, think about it, and then set those better intentions, and then that's how you can move forward. Um, I really love that you shared that piece. It's, you know, I wasn't necessarily thinking about that aspect of the internal business. I was thinking a lot about, like, team building for myself. <clears throat> you know, I think leadership can be hard for young people. And it made me think about, like, how can you, as a leader, reflect on your own team development, your own, like, it's like support network within your organization and your team. And that's where I was thinking how it's good to reflect on how you communicate it. It's good to reflect on uh, projects that you've done together and where you can improve and where people's strengths to better move forward. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think 
Well, we're talking about teams specifically. And I think we talk about teams a lot on this show because it's important to make sure your team is functioning properly. But I think it's really important that your intention setting with your team is done collaboratively because we've all had bosses who have created plans for us that were completely misaligned with our skills, our timeline, our priorities. And that doesn't make for you to be a good team player because now you're stressed out. You've got all this other stuff working on. And if you had just spent a little bit of time identifying like where is this person doing really well at what do they enjoy doing what lights Mm -hmm. them up you could create such a better plan for them but i've seen so many plans created that are like here you go this is what you have to work on with no intention setting yeah and i'm like thinking about how throughout my career i feel like i've done such random roles that are all different right all different things towards help me learn where my strengths are Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, when I first got into marketing, you know, I thought like, oh, it's got to be all about data, data, data. I got to be a digital marketer. I got to be able to like pull all these reports and shit. And like, man, that really actually wasn't for me. But I know how to, I know how valuable and important data is. And I'm a much better taking that data once it's like ready, I guess. Um, to tell a story right like I'm much better at getting to that part than I am at like the pulling of things the like optimizing of whatever like give me the data and I know how we can tell others about this yes Um, absolutely but and it's twofold that's why you have a team someone mm -hmm, exactly someone analyzes the data someone makes the pretty powerpoint to present the data you know uh-huh. It's all necessary. And I I mean, I love data. I'm like a total data nerd, but I'm a data nerd because I enjoy the story, what you were saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the data telling us? And that's what we're like, right? Reflecting on the data. How can mm-hmm. we pull insight from the data? If we're trending downward, what does that really mean? Is that a reflection? Yeah of us are we not marketing to the right people there's so much that data tells you and i think people are scared of it because it's like numbers and statistics Mm -hmm. but it's more than just that there's like there's even different forms of data like there's qualitative data which is just people's feedback and just the well not just feedback but it's you know it's it's a big picture it's not those nitty-gritty numbers Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's a lot that qualitative data that can teach us that quantitative data sometimes misses the mark with teaching you know what I mean oh absolutely um I know I was sharing with this this with you earlier but um for those listening I'm a grad student and this semester I'm taking um a statistics course a program evaluation course and I'm also in a a like facilitation training so I'll be learning how to like analyze and understand qualitative data better and I'm like so thrilled to learn all these things i'm like so excited to nerd out about this so there'll definitely be more conversations about data in our first our future episodes because i'm gonna need to talk about it it's fascinating data absolutely fascinating it is so fascinating i love it i've been loving like facilitating small groups and conversations and like having true deliberation around topics that are so divisive really and so like recently having this conversation around the budget it was like the city budget 
it was really incredible the type of data we gathered around like just from different people's perspectives of how they perceived definitions that you know like certain words defined as but you wouldn't know this without collecting that data and then being able to reflect on that like reflecting on like oh maybe 50% of our community actually doesn't know that or like defines it completely differently and maybe we can switch that a bit better switch it differently and better understand what our community wants by being able to more thoroughly communicate and be in alignment and I mean I just feel like that's like this is me in response to like some community engagement and mobilization but it's like similar even in your team in like in your marketing team it's it can be used in anything see that's the thing about data i first fell in love with it in the classroom when i was a teacher and that seems like super counterintuitive because i hated test scores i hated because <laughs> i hated all of it right and everyone knew it i was very vocal about it but i loved data i loved seeing what the students learned versus what they didn't learn what kinds of students were learning were they sitting in a little group in the back and that's why they didn't pick it up right like did my star student mess up and and they're you know so there's a lot of little stories that data can tell and when you're looking at it that's when you really can see it when it's happening in the moment right like mm -hmm. you said we can't do anything unless we have the data unless we're collecting the data in the moment you might not know that your team has xyz expectations or these goals mm -hmm. right and then you sit down and you have that meeting and you write that form and you give them the space i think this is important to be anonymous truly mm -hmm. anonymous because that is so like i feel like you know i had a boss this is, i'll give a very quick story i had a boss once who we had to do her annual feedback survey oh God. and she we it says you don't have to write your name on it so no one on the team wrote their name on it not in a malicious way just to give very blank feedback well mm -hmm. we see her at the next leadership meeting and she says i'm really bummed nobody wrote their name on it that means that my team doesn't trust me well oh my god right right okay next year comes along we all write our name on it Oh my god. For raving reviews because now we know she cares, but now the feedback that we've given her is less valuable because mm -hmm. it's not the raw feelings that we had when we felt protected by anonymity. So I think giving that space, and as a teacher, I tried to do that as much as possible because data mm -hmm. was informing me. What did I mess up in as I was teaching versus informing my student, you know, how my students were progressing? So I think that anonymity is so important for that honest feedback. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Transparency is beautiful. <sighs> Make it a safe space. Make it a safe space. Mm -hmm. um, and then your team will trust you more. It's, it's the opposite. It is the opposite of what my, my former team member thought. She thought that we, we were distributing or we were, does not distributing. She thought we were displaying more trust by putting our names on our paperwork, but we were mm. actually displaying more trust by removing our names. Yeah. Saying, I want you to have this feedback and I don't want any backlash from it. Yeah. Honest, I care about your journey. And she did not like that. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like there's no judgment mm. or shade. Like I think it's just important to know 
that how you collect your data matters. Yeah. And you know what? That's like making me reflect on a past job as well, where like it was a small team and I was the only person of color. So when it came to like, you know, <laughs> responding to some questions, like it's going to be pretty obvious who's right. You know what I mean? Like, do you, do you feel like you have community here? No, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I just, so it, it didn't really allow for that. And like anonymity anonymity that's a hard word Uh, (laughs) and so I'm thinking about that and I'm like well how do you collect good data in that space because then of course you know I'm called out like regardless it's still called out even though it's quote-unquote anonymous I'm still like talk talk to right and which also doesn't feel good as like the person only person of color already where I'm like man I'm mixed too like leave me like just leave me alone everybody and so that's yeah. what I wanna, like it's it is important to be intentional about the data you collect it is like it is so valuable uh what was the definition again to like reflect deep to think deeply and carefully like I wish that it could have been thought deeply and carefully about my well-being and maybe not me specifically yes. but the well-being of like just any marginalized individual there was also only one trans individual that worked there so yeah. it, with their you know what I mean their responses would be different and it's, it is, this is something that's really important for teams is when you are collecting data, especially from community members, when there's a disconnect with the communities you serve and the identities mm-hmm. you represent, I think how you ask questions, you should be thinking just as deeply and carefully about the questions you're asking as you are the answers you get, right? So like, Mm -hmm. what are you asking? Are you leading them into a certain space? And truthfully and honestly, like we are not here to bash anyone. Mm -mm. That takes a lot of skill. And it also takes a lot of trial and error, which is why it's not an either or, it's a both and. You Mm -hmm. write the questions, you collect the feedback, you then think carefully about the feedback and think carefully about the questions that you ask that elicit the feedback. I know it's like very multifaceted, but then you rewrite the questions where needed and you keep working to perfect it, I think is really important. That's another way that data can inform you is how did we influence the data? with the way you ask the questions, right? So that's another thing to consider, I think, as you're being intentional with your reflections and then setting new intentions based on that. I think it's super, super crucial. Absolutely. And then, you know, good practice. You could practice on an individual level, right? Before even bringing it into your organization. And so like, what are some of the questions that you ask yourself when you are personally reflecting prior to your own intention setting? Are you asking me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm asking. No, I am asking you. Like, do you ask that. yourself those? I mean, you don't have to answer that right now, but it is like, what are you asking yourself at the end of each day or in the morning before you get going? Like, how yeah, are you going good. to tackle, right? Like, I like to think in the, I have this quote from the Dalai Lama in my bathroom that's like, every day you wake up, like, being able to be, being grateful for each day and how you present your day and how much love you give and, and I mean, it's asking yourself each morning, like, how do you want to show up today and reflecting on what the day was before to be better today? At least that's what I do, which sounds I like super that. corny. No, but I'm not, not a, I'm not a journaler, right? Like, that's just not my thing. Like, it just isn't. And so for me, it is like reading 
grounding thing statements from individuals that I that are inspiring. It is sitting in nature and reflecting in the silence of my backyard. It is like cuddling my dog, like and being able to appreciate their insanity and that's where I like have my best reflection moments and I'm I'm curious like what are some personal things that you do? Yeah, that I are love small. That. I, so I have two that immediately came to mind. And the first one is very like intentional. The other one is more personal, but also intentional. So every morning when I'm on a, a working day, I have my notebook. And one of, I love that you said, what are the questions you ask yourself? Because I was like, I don't ask myself anything, but I actually <laughs> do. And I ask myself, what are my priorities for today? And what are my intentions for today? And typically my priorities are like, I put them into like a bucket. So I am a freelancer. I do a lot of different projects. So I have to sort of prioritize whose project is getting my focus and attention today. Or is it a family mm-hmm. day or, you know, whatever that might look like. But then I set my intentions, which are typically things that I want to have reminders for myself. So my notebook happens to be sitting right next to me. So my intentions for today are to remain focused, be confident, and stay flexible. So there are always these sort of small little sayings that just start my day. And I think that those are really, really important because I use this notebook all day. It's what I take my notes in as I'm working. So I see it and I'm constantly Mm. reminded and I'm, I'm also, I try to journal, but I'm not a journaler, but this is sort of my mini, my mini journal that I kind of have a running track of every day. I don't do it every day, but every day that I work, I try to, because it just tracks my to-dos. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I do, this is brand new, um, but I actually just wrote a Facebook post about it. And that is, uh, you know, Jaya, that I have a daughter who just started school and one of my things in general is I love to cook. I just, it's my favorite thing in the world, but recently I've gotten to start making her school lunches. It's so fun. It's like, I will say it heals my inner child. I bought these like from Amazon, these little cookie cutters um, that are like sandwich cutters and you can make them into uncrustables so oh, like this yes. is the bread uh-huh. and they're like heart shapes and flowers oh. and unicorns and it, it doesn't yeah. take time. It's a simple thing, but it's a space where I could be really imbuing her food with love because she's gone for me all day. But oh. then it's also, you know, an opportunity for me to heal my inner child and say, this is what it means to have love from in my in my way, right? Acts of service oh. is my love language. And I think that my own family, like, loved me in just a language that was their own and not mine. So mm-hmm. now I get to heal that piece of me, you know? So that's yeah. another kind of intentional, reflective space. And I get to think about things and, um, yeah. So I love it. I have pictures. I'll post it sometime. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love it. <laughs> Oh, that is adorable. That's making me think about, um about my dad so friday on august 26th it'll be one year since my dad passed away um but when i was growing up he used to make my lunch every day he made my lunch up until high school i'm not even kidding you and i am like not even embarrassed like that's how amazing he is 
Um, and he used to make me like little half sandwiches and like wrap it in saran wrap. And he had the Uncrustables because he would, did you have market day? He would buy market day. It was like a fundraiser or a thing through your school. And, um, I love it. and he would, that's when milk cartons were 25 or were a nickel, I think, or 25 cents maybe. I love Because I'm old. <laughs> and so there'd be like a quarter or a nickel or whatever the price was. I can't remember. For some reason, nickel is coming to my, the visual That's of a crazy. nickel is in my brain. And so I could get my milk or whatever. And sometimes if I would find an extra dime, I, could, I would sneak and get chocolate milk. He wouldn't let me get the chocolate milk. So if I found another dime, girl, I was in. <laughs> uh, so I love that you are doing this for your daughter. If she goes, she embarks on school. And I think like, I want to encourage you to do it like forever because for me, it was like, oh, it's so sweet. So oh, I good job, mama bear. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love it. I really do. I'm like, no shade to people who can't. Like, I know that not everyone has time. Like, it is what it is. But for me, it's that space to just, like, get hold space. I think that's, like, my biggest tip to anyone is, like, whenever it comes to reflection and intention setting, like, find your space, your little thing. Because it's different for everyone, right? Like, for you, it's, like, being with your dogs and kind of experiencing those spaces. And for me, I don't want anyone in the kitchen when I'm making this little beautiful <laughs> sandwich for everybody. Just to be out of the room. Everyone needs to be out where it ruins the moment. So, like, I, love I think that, that, so you much. know, it's about creating it for yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that feels great. Yes. Thanks for sharing your your focus the way that you create your intentions each day it was a really great conversation today thanks Cindy great. thank you this was good I feel like we're, we're building more connection with our mm -hmm. audience and I hope that they are starting to feel that way by listening mm -hmm. to us and having to deal with our silliness but I I love it mm. And per usual, let's close out with a breath. Um, I think I shared, I woke up a little anxious this morning. Um, I'm feeling good now, but one of my favorite breath practices to do during times of anxiety is called Bromery. And normally what you would do is you would take your thumbs and put them in your ears. And then you would take two your middle finger and ring finger on each hand and put them over your eyes and plug your ears and do this breath. Um, you're welcome to do this for those listening on your own. But what you, as you have fingers in your ears covering your eyes, you inhale through the nose, hold at the top, and exhale with a humming sound. Next inhale, fill your belly. You can do that about three to five times. And that humming gently massages within and creates a grounding and calming sense. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Branding Brujas. You can visit brandingbruja.com or you can email us at admin at brandingbruja.com and we look forward to connecting with you again soon thanks for listening bye guys